This week, Apple's in the crosshairs, Smash is canceling its tour, LastPass is sharing your secrets, and DC is keeping some of its own. It's Sunday, December 4th, 2022, and this is episode 638 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, uh, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options. Uh, through our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Twitch, or YouTube, where you can join the community and get ad-free versions of F5 Live and the Pilch Point. Or on our website, plughitslive.com. Thank you for being part of our day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can uh, chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. If you're not able to join us live, that's okay. Plughitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, The Pilch Point, Plughits Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, you'll find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. All right. Hello, Avram. It's hey. good to be back. It is really, I am so happy to be back. This is a normalcy that, uh, and, you know, with you and our audience, I'm just so, uh, you know, I'm really, uh, really, really happy to, to be here. I had a very long few, uh, you know, very long couple of weeks, and then I took a couple, and then I just was so uh, spent uh, physically and mentally that I didn't, like I took a few days off and I actually hadn't turned on my computer for like four days until now. So, um, so I'm like, you know, I'm glad to be turning it on (laughs) for a good, good cause, a good reason. Um, So it's, uh, it's cool. I got, um, I haven't even experimented with my main uh, main purchase of uh, of Black Friday, which is I got a I got a new monitor, which I haven't taken out yet. Okay. Uh, well, actually, I got two new two new monitors. Uh, right before uh, Black Friday, I a used monitor that I had bought on eBay and arrived. Oop. All of a sudden, you're quiet. Okay. Um, Bought on eBay, arrived. It is a Lenovo P27U10, a 27-inch 4K monitor that's, like, for, like, color quality, you know, like, creative professionals. It's got, like, a 99% Adobe. uh, It's rated for 99% Adobe. And, you know, in its day, this monitor, which came out, like, 2019, was, like, a $600 monitor, but somebody was selling them for $200. I should have bought more than one, but I bought one and then they didn't have any more. Oh. Uh, but the, the color, you know, well, they didn't have, they only had one left by the time I bought it, but at one point they had five. And, you know, I was very skeptical, you know, this is of note to the audience, right? I was very skeptical of buying a used monitor. I was sure. like, oh, who knows what you're getting? I don't normally buy used, used stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, 
but monitors tend to last forever. Like I have two monitors up here that I'm replacing that I've had for 10 years right? and use every day. Um, so and, and we talked last um, week, I've got, I got four out in mission control that are older than that. Right. So, you know, I bought it from this place that like pulls them, the monitors from like offices or whatever that I guess don't need them anymore. So, so I bought it from them and I got it it's, and it's, it's probably, it, it's probably the end of leases. Maybe anyway, I bought, it, it, I bought it, a laptop that way one time. Uh, my first personal uh, laptop I purchased that way. So uh, it's it looks it was two hundred dollars with free shipping and it is looks fantastic. It looks much better than the other Lenovo monitors that I have next to it, which are uh, L twenty eight U tens. I'm sure everybody's familiar with all these numbers, but those <laughs> are like regular regular twenty. This is a twenty seven inch. That's a twenty eight inch, but it's pretty much the same size and the they look about identical next to each other, but the picture quality on the 20, the new 27 inch one, new to me, 27 inch one, the colors are just so much richer. It's so nice. Uh, but then I realized, okay, I have to replace, I have to replace two monitors, not just one. So I bought, uh, I bought a Dell, uh, a Dell monitor that's supposed to have fantastic colors, which is a, U, ultra sharp u2720 qm and that was that's normally like a 550 dollar monitor but it was on sale for 350 um for for black friday so that came and i haven't uh set i haven't taken it out yet when i do i'm gonna do kind of a taste test i guess and i'm gonna put the 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 best Lenovo the good Lenovo monitor next to the good to the Dell monitor. Uh-huh. I'm gonna see which one looks looks better. They're both 27 inches that claim to have wide color gamut. Sure. Um, I'm I'm not. Uh, I'm gonna see which one looks better, uh, and whichever one looks better is gonna be the one that is that is my prime monitor that is sitting in my lower left corner here, and then the the second whatever comes in second will be my like top left monitor and the other two will be my rights. But I, I have to say, I even, I, the color on this is so nice. I, I kind of wish I could replace the two regular 4k monitors I have now with this because the colors, it's so nice to have such like a nice, nice rich color. Anyway, uh, you really, isn't, that um, isn't that the worst where you're like, Oh, what a great purchase. I would like three more of them now, please. Yeah, I mean, at two hundred dollars, it's like a would be great, but they don't. Uh, um, yeah, you know, if they pull any more of those, I'm getting it. So, uh, so that's 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 hopefully, cool. And then, hopefully, you're uh, getting alerts on that seller. <laughs> yeah, uh, although I don't know if I should. You know, it's kind of wasteful because I'm going to have four competent 4K monitors. And then, as I told you before, we got on the air. I got this uh, also on on ordered on black friday or cyber monday this is a um this is a iot watch called an m5 stick c plus um it's normally 30 bucks but there was like a 20 percent off 20 10 or 20 percent off coupon at uh at adafruit so it came down to like 26 bucks um and uh i'm gonna probably make this the subject of a future pilch point because there's a lot of cool things you can do with it 
you can attach different hats to it, um, which I don't have yet, but I've ordered, which add things like sensors. Like I'm getting one that's a light sensor and one that's a, um, you can get ones that are like a, a proximity sensor, nice. air quality sensor, thermal camera, I think, or thermal sensor. Okay. Uh, you can get a joyce joystick for it, which I'm getting. So, um, so it's it's kind of cool uh, what you could potentially do with it. I'm gonna try and figure out. There are also you can also like write or install games on it, but um, we'll we'll see. It's really meant to be like for people developers to develop like I don't know some kind of IoT thing, but it comes on a watch band, so and it has Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Um, <laughs> So, and you can program it via either Arduino language, MicroPython, or there, there's this like block-based UI they have that's good for kids. And you okay. can program it directly through a, a website. So as long as it's connected to Wi-Fi, you can, you don't even need to plug it into your computer to program okay. it. Okay. Nice. That's cool. Uh, I, I also am experimenting with a Cyber Monday purchase. Uh, during the show, um, if you were here before we got started, you probably know I have a new stream deck under here, and my goal tonight is to do the show without touching the keyboard. We'll see if that happens. I'm, I'm a little concerned about it, but hopefully, uh, hopefully everything will go according to plan. I'm really excited about this. I've wanted one for a while, and the deal that they were running this week was just comical, so... That definitely meant it was time. It was time to finally do it. So, uh, anyway, we've got a lot of uh, interesting stuff to talk about tonight. So, let's get down to it. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, tablet, Xbox, games, or a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. Remember, current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% off almost everything. To browse the products and learn more about the discounts, you can go to f5live.tv Microsoft. All right. This week, an interesting Twitter thread uh, started a conversation that was not the initial purpose of the thread, but or maybe not a thread, but certainly a series of tweets that weren't directly related. Um, the, the conversation went a different direction, and a direction that I find way more interesting than the original uh, set of tweets. Uh, Elon Musk um, was complaining that there might be a possibility that Apple was going to uh, remove Twitter from the App Store. And then he also made a comment that Twitter Blue would not be returning as an option until the 30% Apple tax uh, was, that there was a way to get around it. Um, the first part, I'm not nearly as interested in. Uh, Musk went to, to Apple HQ, hung out with Tim Cook, they had a conversation. It was a misunderstanding. Great. Whatever. Moving on. Now, the the other part about uh, 
about Twitter Blue is the thing that got interesting. Um, because basically he said 30% is too much. Uh, won't do it. If there's a problem, maybe I'll make a phone. And then, whatever. Then, the responses were what I thought was interesting. Because other companies um, joined in to the conversation. Um, for example, we had, um, we had Spotify. The CEO of Spotify joined in um, and essentially bumped a link to a blog post that was written f over four years ago um, about this exact topic. Um, Epic, very smart, kept their mouth shut. Because um, <laughs> unlike some other people uh, this week, they listen to their lawyers. So, shh. Um, however, uh, Coinbase also made a comment um, because they just had an update to their app rejected by Apple already in Google Play uh, you can already use use uh, some the, the new stuff over there uh, but on iOS Apple is requiring them to remove the ability to send NFTs from wallet to wallet on iOS why you may ask because that's a weird thing well, because there's a gas fee involved in transferring an NFT from wallet to wallet, that fee is paid directly through the walleting system, and Apple doesn't like that. They have demanded that Coinbase uh, make a technical change that blockchain does not allow, or they can't have this feature on their app. Um... And they and several other companies were kind of poking at, at Musk saying, so about that phone. <laughs> uh, definitely an interesting turn of events, right? This isn't, that wasn't what I was expecting. Cause, you know, uh, Musk goes on these, on these tweet storms. He gets onto a, onto a topic. He puts out five, six, eight, ten tweets about a topic and then he goes quiet for a while. Um, and usually people are like, okay, shh. and they just, but, but this one, like got corporations riled up, which, which I think is interesting. And it br brings back a topic that we've talked about, uh, a number of times and one that he's never had to deal with in the past. And as soon as he does, he's like, no, no, no this isn't going to work. What? Yeah. I mean, look, must. Uh, been doing a lot of attention seeking. Always. Uh, I His mean, whole career. You know, the whole thing you could argue is a desperate cry for attention. Um, sure. That he didn't need because this whole uh, Twitter premise is not make any business sense for him to buy and does not make any business sense in the way in which he has run it the last since he took over. So there's no, you know, of course we should also point out that uh, just because thing that uh, just because people are are business people and and have a lot of money does not mean that they operate in a logical and rational way. Very um, true. And and I'm sure that uh, Musk is not the only 
person or the only business that, that acts that way. But the, um, but, but nevertheless, like, I mean, okay. So he wants to, this is another way for him to get attention for himself. Sure. He's trying to get it, to get some kind of a better deal for himself. And he's also trying to head off. Like, I don't know if Apple ever threatened uh, that threatened them or not with being removed from the app store, but they Tim, do have some things going on there that Tim could Cook, get them removed. Tim Cook said that that was never on the table. Uh, it was a misunderstanding. And when Elon Musk walked away, he tweeted that he understood the miscommunication and that's all that it was. So that, I mean, that's for somebody like Musk, that's a pretty big admission. Yeah, I mean, my sense of it is that, I mean, maybe he's trying to head Apple off at the pass here in a PR push because Twitter did just, does not, I mean, please correct me, but doesn't Apple have some rules regarding moderation of content or regarding hate speech or things like that? So Apple has some interesting rules for sure. Um, user-generated content, those rules get a little murky, though. So, hmm. uh, um, it was it was what Verizon tried to use to justify the changes to Tumblr, uh, which essentially never fully went into effect. Um, and Tumblr's still there and still, you know in the, the top list of, of apps. Um, and the stuff that happens on Tumblr is sometimes absolutely bonkers. Um, so <sighs> when it comes to user-generated content, their rules get a little murky, um, and it comes down to subjection a little bit. So, I mean, look, obviously, I wouldn't be surprised if Apple has a different set of rules for Twitter than it has for, even uh, Tumblr. I don't know what a, yeah, for a smaller social network. Uh, uh, so, what what's the, what's the the new one that just became really popular? Uh, Hive is that Press Hive? What isn't there another one called Press? Yeah, that, and and of course Mastodon, but that's been around forever. Just nobody cared yeah. until recently. I haven't tried these yet. I really got to try them. But so, um, so Hive, you may not be able to try. I don't know. Oh no, there's a wait list, right? No. So a security researcher discovered a huge uh, hole in their API, and they shut the service down while they fixed it. In fairness, uh, Hive is built and maintained by two people. <laughs> so uh, that's why they they just took it down. They fixed it apparently over just the last couple days and they've got it all back up and running. So good on them. See, that's the thing is though, a speaking from experience here, a, a um, piece of whatever service that's run by two people is probably run much more efficiently than one that's run with, with hundreds or thousands of engineers. Cause it's probably just like, Oh, there's a bug. Okay. I'll just fix it. Not I know where like it is. got to go through a, a bureaucracy. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, however, so, in fairness, know. some of that bureaucracy is in response to, uh, 
to AT&T thinking the exact same thing and uh, managing to knock out uh, long distance calls to like 37,000 uh, customers. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, the uh, point, point, point being that like it would be quite a move, quite a controversial move that Apple would not want to get involved in. To take down uh, a, to like a top 10 app. Yeah, to take down Twitter, that would be a really big statement. On the other hand, so on the other hand, uh, recall that I don't know if it was la- this week or last week, but sometime in the last two weeks or so, uh, Musk let back on a whole bunch of people who were banned for sixty thousand uh, hate accounts. speech. So that is, you know, that it may not. Be, uh, something that Apple likes likes to see, you it's, know. It's true, especially like when you when you look at some of the people. Now, some of them totally agree, probably should be gone. Um, some of them, though, Jordan Peterson, he's an oddball, but <laughs> I don't know that he's hateful. I mean, yeah, I, I, I like I don't have the list of who they let on, let back on or whatever, but. You know, they definitely let on some people who were, you know, really mm-hmm. <laughs> hate mongers uh, now and have been kicked off for a reason. And and I should point out that uh, Musk has banned a whole bunch of people from Twitter because they said things about him that he did not like. So this is not exactly. Um, so to the this best is, of. To the best of my knowledge, not a single ban has been put in place, uh, but there have been suspensions. Since he took over, I don't believe anybody has been banned, but there have been a lot of suspensions. What about Kathy Griffin? Wasn't she banned? Nope, she's back. Oh, she's back? Okay. Yeah, I think she had a six-day suspension or something like that. It may not even been that long. But yeah, no, she's back. Uh, Yeah. Okay, I don't, I don't one of the know problems, all of the... One of the problems with, with Twitter, and I've heard a lot of people who have gone through suspensions on Twitter um, complain about this, there is no visual differentiation between a suspension and a, and a ban, and there's no direct way for the person receiving it to know exactly what it is, and sometimes they don't even tell you how long it's going to be for. Ah, so, so yeah, I mean... <laughs> Maybe they, maybe I heard somebody was banned and they weren't actually totally banned, but because they didn't know, yeah. maybe there was no number in the yeah. email that came to them. They're like, "Oh, I guess I've been banned," and it turns out, no, it was a six-day suspension or whatever. Because yeah. well, because apparently their moderation tools are bad. Yeah. Well, and then you know, obviously there was a lot of news this week about Ye about. Do we call him Ye or do we call him Kanye? Uh, it's actually Yay. Oh yay! I'm sorry. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Do we call him yay? Okay. About you can call him whatever you want. Uh, okay. Uh, yay's, you know, anti-Semitic posts. Uh, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. and he he was let back on after having already done a bunch of posts like that. So, yep. I mean, if forgetting putting aside what I think of those posts and who should be banned, like. Apple, Apple's, Apple doesn't like it. So I can see that he's trying to create, you know, yeah, some pressure on political pressure or whatever 
media pressure on Apple not to take action against Twitter because they don't, you know, they don't want Apple. Apple is like, a, as far as I can see, Apple's a very quintessential logical corporation. They do not want to offend anyone. Like Apple wants m- to make money. Apple does not have. They don't you, you want. Agree? They don't want to offend the people who will act on the offense. Oh, okay. I mean, my my sense is they don't want to like. They don't want to be seen as taking like taking much of a you know political position. They don't want to be seen as like you know being for or against anything uh, that's controversial. They just want to, they just want to make, you know, what's controversial is how they want to make money and how they want to, to have a walled garden and control things. But, you know, what is that? Yeah. as far as they don't want to alienate consumers. Right. And so if Musk is going to turn it into a cause if Twitter is banned, then they don't want to ban Twitter because they don't want, they don't want that kind of publicity. True. True. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. Because not everybody responds, uh, commercially to, to an offense. Right. Um, so those are the people that they're not all that worried about. They're worried about people who will respond to, to being offended by something and they know that this would be interestingly both groups have have a percentage right out there that respond real hard commercially <laughs> to to certain things and they're trying to find that that middle ground I think so that they don't offend uh ideally not, a, not nobody but at the very least not enough people that it will change any kind of sales so right yeah i mean they they're just in business to make money whatever you know tim cook thinks in his you know private time or whatever uh, in his private life he he wants apple to just be like okay apple's i don't want to to do anything that would interfere with us selling selling any selling product um well and and making and having the least amount of expenses and having the most amount of profit. Right. Yeah. So they'll, that's... they'll, they'll make statements. They'll take stands on things, but only when they don't think it's going to negatively affect the bottom line. That's the, that's the key for them. It's, it's always about the bottom line. Everything they do is always about the bottom line. Uh, if, if and, they make, and I have, if they make a decision to do yeah. something, they, they either, very strongly believe or know for a fact that it will have a neutral or positive effect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas what Musk did is not going to, is not going to have a positive effect on the bottom line. Uh, Inviting back, you know, inviting back the guy who runs the daily stormer website to Twitter is not a way to court uh, the advertisers that um to court the advertisers that twitter needs like there's frankly if you were an advertiser why would you advertise on twitter what what like it was bad enough before musk took over because it's user generated con- advertisers don't like user generated content when it's moderated 
True. They, they, it's too unpredictable. It's not brand True. safe enough. So now you're saying we're really not brand safe and our and our brand is not brand and our whole brand is not brand safe anymore because i put because the guy the ceo is putting up like kind of some like somewhat pornographic pictures himself uh on his twitter feed so like i, I it's hard for me to believe that like that a series that an advertiser unless they feel like they owe musk is a personal friend or owe him something personally uh, or doing business with one of his other businesses and therefore want to uh, stay on his good side would want to advertise there because first of all, ever in a in a, a challenging economy, marketing dollars are the first thing to go. Absolutely. And then, and so this is not a good time to annoy advertisers. Second of all, why to advertise? Like they don't need Twitter. There's a million places that you could advertise that you can get just as targeted, if not more targeted. Um, uh stuff True. uh True. placements so you could use google you could use a bunch and, of ad networks and why know, would you be on twitter and we know that facebook for example takes down isis material and twitter never has so i i don't i don't see how like there's so many other places that you could advertise mm-hmm. there, and the cost of ads is probably going down right now because so it's really hard for me to believe that like why would they bother like why 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 would even one advertiser bother with this it's not it's not worth it yeah Uh, agreed uh i last question do you think if things go sideways with apple he launches a phone um i think he would tease people that he's going to launch a phone uh, I think it's theoretically and, possible. And use that, use that as some sort of leverage to keep it from going sideways with Apple. I mean, he doesn't know a lot about phones. I don't think that a whatever you, a Musk phone or whatever, an Elon phone is going to, uh, is going to do well. Theoretically, he could get someone to create, um, you know, a phone based on open source software or based on Android or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's, and I'm sure that he would not start his own phone factory. He would probably just pay an ODM to make it for him. Right, to white label so, something. So sure, so sure he could do that. Facebook had a phone. Remember Facebook had a phone for a little while? It was actually uh, HTC, right? Yeah. But it had a physical so, Facebook button on it. It did, yeah. There you go. So like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not. I don't think uh, Apple or Google or Samsung or even OnePlus uh, are uh, shake quaking in their boots over the idea that uh, Elon yeah. Musk might try to get into the phone business. Yeah, totally agreed. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. 
You can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. All right, Avram, what have you got for us this week? So, let's talk hubs. You gotta have a USB hub. Maybe you gotta have more than one USB hub. Let's see what I have in my bag of USB hubs here. <laughs> well, um, I feel like this is gonna be a Mary Poppins thing. Yeah. Okay. So, do I have all of my USB hubs in these bags? In this bag? No. But. We'll get to it. So uh, on Tom's Hardware, we have a list of the best USB hubs right now. And I sure invite you to go check it out. Um, and everybody needs a USB hub. The question is, what kind of USB hub do you need? And that really depends on the first question really is, where are you using it? Is it for your desk where it's going to be set up permanently? Or is it going in your bag? to use with your laptop on the go. Um, if it's something that's for your desk, uh, then you want a power, then you want a hub that has external power and lots of ports. And ideally you want one that has um, on and off switches. So here's one, uh, this is an Atola hub uh, that has on off switches for each port and then a charging yeah. i have that that hub on my desk the atola uh-huh now i want to tell you that our favorite choice is somewhere out of my breach i think and that is the saber 10 10 port hub um which is just like this this one's like 21 dollars, and the saber one's like 40 dollars. but the saber hubs just have a lot nicer build quality like with the buttons so this is nice and cheap. The Atola one is like 21 bucks. And for that, you get seven, uh, seven USB, three ports, and a single charging port. Uh, and each port has an on-off switch, but these on-off switches aren't like nice and springy like the ones on the Sabrent. You got to kind of hold them down for a second to turn them on and off. So they're not as, I don't know, like physically not as nice, but nice and cheap. Um, most USB hubs these days are USB three or what or maybe label as 3.1 or 3.2 but they're usually five gigabit ports and usually mostly type a ports too um but uh the beauty of having on off switches for your ports is it makes uh, a few different tasks much much easier one of them is changing audio devices so i have my headphones on i have something like this for my desktop mine is a saber seven port and you, if you have, um, you know, your speaker, your USB speaker on one and your USB headset on another, you just turn one off and turn one on and, and you've changed your audio device rather than going into Windows to try to change your default audio device. Um, the other thing that it's really, really good for are things, if you work with microcontroller boards like Arduino or Raspberry Pi Pico or something like that, and you need to turn them off and on. Most of those boards don't have on or off or reset switches, uh, but you can just turn the USB port that it's on off and and turn it back or just turn it off and on to reset it. And, and so I love um, 
And you can, you know, also have things like, oh, you've got a USB drive in here, but you're not using it most of the time. Okay, turn turn this port off. So I love the on-off switch ports. One thing to keep in mind, though, is you won't get fantastic charging off of, if, you, if you're in it for the charging, if you want to, say, charge your headset, charge your phone, whatever, um, most of these just regular data ports, even though they're physically capable, I guess, of delivering you about five volts and up to maybe two point, maybe, you know, maybe five volts at like 2.2 or 2.1 amps. Um, they're, they don't actually do it. Um, you usually are getting like a much, a trickle charge. So some of these, like the Atola here, have a dedicated charging port. And that gives you the full, like, what I actually found was it was something like, it would be at like 4.75 with my phone, it would go to 4.75 volts and like, what was it, 2.1 amps or 2.2 amps, something like that. So you get about, uh, even though it says you can get up to 15, I was getting like maybe on my Pixel, maybe 12 or 13 watts of charging, um, which is, you know, decent charging. So um, our favorite hub actually is the Sabrent 10 port hub where seven of the ports are data and three are just for charging. Um, so uh, it's important to keep in mind whether you're actually going to charge stuff uh, off of your hub. Now, if you are on the go, then you want something completely different for your hub. You want something small. You maybe you have a laptop that only takes USB type C. So you need a hub that has a type C connector on it. Um, and you don't, and you don't need or, or want uh, one that is, has its own power source and AC adapter, because that's another plug you got to lug around with you. Um, so here's, here's a fun little cute USB hub. Look at this. Have you ever seen one this small and cute? No, that's tiny. So this is by, by a company called Joy Reckon. And uh, I think it's like $11, something like $11 on Amazon. And it turns one USB 3.8 type A port on your laptop into four. And it also has a little RGB light, although you can't control it, just changes colors alongside when it's plugged in. Um, so it's nice and cute. The only thing is, and I haven't like durability tested by trying to break it, I can totally imagine a situation where when you have this sticking out of your laptop, if you are too aggressive in plugging something in, that you could break it. Um, 100%. But uh, so because it's a stick, which you don't normally see, most hubs have a wire and, you know, the, and portable hubs, usually it's a built-in wire, um, but it's a wire. Now, the, the plus of this is that if you're, you know, sitting in a tight spot, like you're sitting in a seat and there are people on either side of you and you don't want like a USB hub that's like dangling onto the floor, uh, this will give you that. But the other thing is a lot of times people are buying a USB hub for their laptop because they don't even have a type A port. So this wouldn't help them at all. Now that what you really want, of course, is something like, dun, dun, dun. You might want something like this. This is both portable and actually for desktop, although I guess it might might even be better for desktop. This is another Sabrent. 
Um, it has three type A ports and it has a card reader. Sometimes it's nice to have a little extra thing like a card reader in yours. Um, and uh, you can see the, the USB-C cables built in and then it's got a magnet on the bottom and a sticker and you can take the magnet and stick it to your desk permanently. And then when you are, um, you know, at home, you could stick this down to the magnet and won't flop around your desk. Um, and this is, this is metal. So I really like this one. Um, and then when you're ready reason, for that reason, when you're ready to, uh, yep. to, to go like to take it with you with a laptop, you can just and go. Awesome. Yeah. That's, so, that's a great, so, that's a great idea. Yeah. So this is, I mean, there's a lot of ones that kind of look like this with the aluminum. Uh, this, this favorite one I really like, uh, these, these, these all have very memorable names. Like are, uh, this one is called the, I think it's called the Sabrent HBU3CR. Sure. Go to, go to our website and find the pictures. Go to Amazon and search, uh, and search. Um, another, another one I have in here that's interesting is this one here from uh, U Green. Um, again, another like Type C, but it's got four ports, uh, so good for good for Mac. Uh, that's Type C only. Good for a lot of ultra books that only have Type C. Um, what other goodies do I have in here? Here is another for people who have Type A and want more ports. Eh. I, uh, this one, it has on-off switches for the ports, but I don't think it's as useful on a portable, a portable hub as it is on a desktop hub that has power. Um, but it does have, you know, and there's switches on this. They're not buttons. So okay. not as cool. Um, not nearly as cool. Let's see what else is in there. Oh, okay. So this, this is worth uh, checking out. This one here that I'm getting out of my bag of wonders is an Enatech, uh, Enatech 10 gigabit um, one. So everything else I've shown you has been five gigabit, right? So if you have a 10 gigabit um, external drive, external drive like an enclosure that we talked about uh, recently that operates at 10 or 20 or 40 gigabits, mm -hmm. those hubs would only give you up to five. This is a 10, but it's a little bit of a weird 10 because it is a type A 10. Uh, whereas a lot of things are type C and 10. This is a, a type A 10, gig 10 gigabits uh, and it has connectors on it that are all type four connectors on it that are type A 10 gigabits. So uh, if you, uh, most laptops actually, their A ports are five. And if you want 10, then you need to use the C port, um, mm -hmm. you can get this with a with a C connector built in instead, which might be the more useful choice for a lot of people. <laughs> but uh, on the back of my desktop, I have the motherboard. I happen to have a 10 gigabit uh, A port as well, and I tested it, and it, it it's definitely good to have 10 over five because sure. that's like doubles. You know, if you've got an external drive, you can go from like a transfer rate that's like 250 or 300 megabytes per second to like 500. So it, 
you know, it really ups your, your transfer rate. It's, it's definitely a big plus to, to go up to that. If you've got, if you're doing a lot with say, uh, external SSDs, um, Another one here, this is just weird, but I, I thought I would show it. This is another Joy Reckon. It is just a um, a triangle. Sure. Like a pyramid shape with a V on it, and it, the V lights up in RGB colors. Um, it also has this USB-C port on the back, which I have no idea what it does because it actually is not documented and doesn't seem to do anything, although if you put power into it, it will... If you put power into it, it will light up, but I, maybe it's a, it can't be a power pass through because this is type A and you don't pass power to type right. A. So I, I really, maybe you could give it bus power that way. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't, the instructions don't even say, don't even <laughs> mention it, but, um, but it's, I, uh, I do like the idea that at the top, there's a, there's a, an illuminated V, even though there's no V anywhere in the company's name. Yes, I don't know why why that is, but um, but if I unplugged something else here, I could probably show you that it, it changes it changes colors. Um, afraid to unplug the wrong thing, but let's see. I could uh, Ho- it, like hopefully not the webcam. Yeah, that's okay. So maybe now you can see it's like it's very faint kind of, and if you hit this button, oh, it'll go. change. There you go. It's for someone who's a really big fan of the TV miniseries V. If you if you liked V and V the Final Battle and V the TV show, or even the reboot of V that that, that was really not good, uh, then uh, this is the USB hub for you. Um, v for Vendetta. Yes, if you like V for Vendetta, exactly. Yeah. This see, see this is going to be popular among uh, anonymous. Yeah, they, there you go. Except they probably like things a little bit higher quality. Um, so, uh, but anyway, all, all, all joking aside, there we've got a list of uh, USB hubs, and I think the thing to keep in mind is if you are, uh, you, if you're using it on your desk, uh, then especially with a device that has Type A, a, a laptop that has Type A ports, or a desktop that has even better desktop that has Type A ports. You're not moving anywhere. Uh, you want uh, a nice big hub with on-off switches for each port. Uh, if you're using it for your laptop on the go, you want something that uh, has a port that you can use. Maybe if your laptop only has Type C, obviously you want Type C port, and you want something that is, uh, you know, that is, uh, you know, light, easy to carry, but. Uh, you know, but good, but good quality. So, you know, depending on whether you want to get one that's, you know, nice materials like metal or has extra things built in, like, like this, uh, like this, you, like this uh, card reader. You know, um, oh, really interesting one, which I don't. Oh, one more thing, two more things. Uh, here, I have one that is made for an iPad. So this is an anchor okay. one that's made sure. specifically for an iPad. And it has the reason, I mean, theoretically, you could use it on a laptop too. Um, but why it's made for an iPad is it's got this kind of chin on it that makes it really easy to plug into one of the USB-C iPads. And then you can, um, and it also has other things on the back. So it only has one type A port, 
but it has a HDMI out, a card reader, 3.5 audio, and then a power pass through so that you can keep charging nice. while you use it. So um, that could be useful if you've got one of the iPads that has type C. And then somewhere around here, which I don't think is in the bag at my feet, so I'll just tell you what it is. I have um, an anchor, a hub by anchor, which has a, an SSD built into it. Hmm. It has a 256 gigabyte uh, SSD built built into it. So that's kind of that's kind of wild. Um, I find it. Uh, it's called the Anchor Power Expand Four in One USB C Hub, uh, and it, it's a very unassuming looking uh, hub with just a couple of uh, Type A ports. And the HDMI and, out, and the name kind of downplays it. Yes, power expand. Like, what do you mean? Well, it's got a. It happens to have an S a two fifty six gigabyte SSD built in that operates pretty quickly. So, you know, it could be your backup drive too. So, um, you can't even tell from looking at it though. I, if I were them, I would have you know played it up in the design a little bit. Sure. Um, but. Um, Anyway, so those are the USB hubs to consider. Uh, you know, if you you can get a USB hub for under ten dollars, you can get the power expand for close to a hundred dollars because it's got the SSD inside. Um, but I I strongly recommend that folks, especially if you're getting a gift certificate for the holidays or you're thinking about buying somebody else a uh, a gift for the holidays, uh, like a really nice USB hub could be a really good gift for someone. Nice. Yeah. Um, especially for people who, who, uh, take a computer around a lot like myself, you know, I've got, I've got a couple of nice ones out in mission control at the desktops, but my, uh, my portable one is what's the word, right? Old. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of opportunity to, to upgrade, to upgrade somebody there and get them something something nice i mean i'd really like to see um i i still haven't seen like the dream hub which would have a combination of a and c outputs and on off switches for all for oh. for all of them and and be operating at like 10 or 20 uh gig you know 10 or 20 or even you know usb 4 speeds that would be ideal a lot of that stuff though it, now, if you want like USB four, you or or Thunderbolt, you're usually not using a hub. You're using a dock. Although yeah. the line between what is a hub and what is a dock is a very blurry line anyway. I mean, I guess it's a matter of some interpretation. We definitely but, saw that one for the iPad. Yeah, right. It had HDMI out, right? Uh, so it depend. It depends. We set out when I set out to do this page. I said it's going to be hubs, not docks. Okay. Uh, but, you know, because um, docs, then we get into testing the video out and, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of other features. But, um, yeah, there's definitely, there's also obviously a lot of, a lot of hubs out there, but those are usually a lot more money too. So. Very true. Well, as always, Avram, I, I appreciate the information. I have legitimately been looking for something to replace my uh my mobile hub that uh 
for longtime viewers of the show, there was a point when we were on a different set, and uh, there was a TV that was right here, and Avram was on it over my shoulder, and uh, like Max Headroom, <laughs> yeah, and I had to control it via a wired mouse, and that mouse plugged in through this hub, and we haven't done that in years, <laughs> so. Oh, probably since close to the time that that you took the second chair. So <laughs> it's a pretty, <laughs> it's a it's a pretty old hub, and it wasn't new then. That's why it was sacrificed to to that purpose. So definitely been looking for one. So uh, definitely appreciate the information. And as always, Avram, I look forward to what we talk about next time. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by EXA. EXA brings the latest technology to gamers, offering the most immersive products for the ultimate gaming experience. They've compiled the best elements of cutting-edge ENC tech, the latest in Bluetooth 5.0 and 7.1 surround, plus extra features into their headsets so everyone can enjoy a sensational gaming experience. And they've got headsets for Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. Plus, they won't break the bank. Learn more about the headsets that are available and any current promotions by going to f5live.tv slash exa. If you're a fan of conspiracy theory style stories, have we got one for you here. So, the Smash World Tour, for those who don't know, is a World Tour. It's an international competition of Super Smash Brothers. It is uh, put on by an organization outside of Nintendo. Um, they like they get the license uh, agreement from Nintendo to be able to put it on to use the logos and you know make it a an official uh, partner event. Um, there's there's regionals. It comes together for a final at the end of the year. The winners get bragging rights and a lot of money. Um, this week, the organization announced that the finals, only the finals, because everything else has already happened, that the finals for 2022 and the entire 2023 event had been canceled because of Nintendo. Now, they went on and said a lot of things. <laughs> uh, called out... Nintendo and another organization, um, but essentially what their position, what they said was, we're canceling the finals and all of 2023 because Nintendo refuses to renew the license, and um, so, uh, too bad, so sad, bye-bye. And then crickets. <laughs> Kind of everybody involved went a little quiet. A um, couple days, and Nintendo responded uh, publicly to to what was going on. And Nintendo said, uh, "Not quite." 
Uh, here's here's what we've got. Uh, they said the they said Nintendo's decision was solely based on our assessment of the proposals submitted by the SWT and our evaluation of their unlicensed activities. This decision was not influenced by any external parties, such as Panda Global, which we'll get to in a second. Um, any partner that we grant a license to has to meet the high standards we require when it comes to the health and safety of our fans. It's also important that a partner adheres to brand and IP guidelines and conducts itself according to professional and organizational best practices. Then something interesting. Um, when we notified the SWT that we would not license their 2022 or 2023 activities, we also let them know verbally that we were not requiring they cancel the 2022 finals event because of the impact it would have on players. Thus, the decision to cancel the SWT 2022 was, and still is, their own choice. Now, a couple pieces of information come up here. Uh, why would they cancel an event that was already scheduled that... All of the buildup was had already happened, and people had arranged travel, accommodations, all of that was already in place because it's the finals for 2022, and even if you're watching this live, it's December. Not much 2022 left. Uh, so everything was already in place. Why would they cancel 2022? Well, you may have noticed that Nintendo mentioned Panda Global. Why for on that? Well, turns out Panda Global is the the other big competitor. Uh, and Smash World Cup, uh, Smash World Tour, um, had called them out specifically, having said that this other organization was sabotaging, privately sabotaging the event by going to sponsors and partners and telling them that the event was canceled or was going to be canceled very soon. Why would they say that? Did they know ahead of time before SWT knew? Hmm? Did, did they make it up? Hmm? There's definitely a lot of, a lot of questions. It's a dirty space, right? The esports world is a, is a pretty dirty space. There's a lot of unpleasantness that happens in it, um, which which is unfortunate because it's supposed to be games, right? And yet here we are with like a weird winding conspiracy theory of an organization undermining. If they did, I would understand why they canceled the the finals, maybe they lost their sponsors, right? What what do you think here, Abram? Have you been following this at all? Because it's been it's been a topic of conversation around here. This uh, not not a lot, but obviously I, I read the story. In fact, it's kind of funny because uh, my son and I were reading this story right as I was putting him to bed. And I was like, "Look what we're talking about tonight," and he was like, "Oh, hey, why why did they cancel it? If Nintendo said it was okay, why did they cancel it?" Um, and I'm still trying to figure that one out. However, I this this whole thing is seedy, and it kind of makes me think of like George Thorogood, bad to the bone, and like 
must be a bunch of old men smoking in the pool hall watching the Smash Brothers or whatever right. being played. The, um, I I think that the I mean Panda Global might know have reason to say that to, to well first of all they've got motive, but they might they might also say well Nintendo told us that they're not going to let SWT um, do this. So we're telling you to cancel it. I mean, in a way, they kind of pulled the rug out from SWT because doesn't that mean that SWT can never, like, after this, they can't they can't exist anymore, right? Basically, it's certainly not this they, event. They might be able to go. The organization might be able to put on other events under other names, but this is certainly over. But I mean, it sounds like so. What I I don't know, and I I guess. That, uh, if you want to look at Nintendo's position here charitably, they don't want to. They don't want to say why they they don't. If there are really lots of legitimate reasons that involve health and safety and unprofessional behavior, they don't want to just sit there and and like diss SWT sure. line by line. Like, well, this is not safe and this is not professional and 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 all that. On the other hand, by saying all of that stuff without actually backing it up with any facts uh, or data, then um, they are really impugning the reputation of this organization that runs SWT without providing any evidence. Like, what do they yeah. mean by health and safety? It didn't even say they didn't meet it, right? They said any partner that would grant a license to has to meet the high standards we require when it comes to health and safety of our fans. Right. What does that mean? Did they meet it or not? They have to. Great. Did they? Is that relevant? Or are you just flooding the the field? The zone with things that they yeah. had to meet, right? Yeah. So are you just they info not... dumping like what China was doing on Twitter this week? Or are you... <laughs> It's also important that partner adheres to brand and IP guidelines and conducts itself according to professional and organizational best practices. So, so if you are trying to read between the lines here, it sounds like, although in a way that where they have plausible deniability, mm -hmm. right? We're not saying they're outright. saying we're not saying that you're unprofessional, but we're very strongly implying that you are or, unprofessional or that you're or stealing our safe. Or that you're stealing yeah. our intellectual property. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't know I'll what the brand and IP... I'll tell you. Knowing, knowing Nintendo, their chiefest uh, concern is the, the brand identity. The <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, what does that exactly mean in the context of one of these events? Meaning like they have signage or something like that? Maybe the, and the signage might be showing something they don't like, or displaying the Nintendo logo without them being a partner, because everything up until now has been unofficial. Nintendo is now licensing their content for competitions, and they're not licensing this one. And that's so, actually so if they're using a Nintendo logo, or if I don't know, maybe accidentally. When the game is coming up, the Nintendo logo shows, and they don't have permission to show it. Maybe they're going to complain about that. Nintendo and Disney have a lot of similarities when it comes to the weirdnesses behind their 
their uh, brand so, eccentricities. I don't think Nintendo's ever sued a preschool um, like Disney did, but I wouldn't put it past them. So this is actually raised an interesting sort of First Amendment fair use question because my son asked, and I didn't have a great answer for him, why did they need Nintendo's permission in the first place uh-huh. to run to run this event? And I said, well, like, I guess it's because they're going to have Nintendo branding all over the place, but on the other hand, and they're making money off of it, but on the other hand, as we've talked about on prior shows, people uh, streaming of content, streaming of a Nintendo game has, has generally been allowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was so a time why where, would a competition... There was a time where they were stepping on it, though. Right. But I guess the question is, like, under what under what basis does Novo have, does not does Nintendo have the right to say no? Why can't I just set up a, like if I set up a bunch of computers next of I don't know I guess Switch next to be a bunch of consoles switches next to each other uh, with a bunch of screens and then I film people playing on them and I give somebody a prize? How is that? Like, how is that any different than me playing it at home or playing it on Switch? I do it all the time. Uh, at Strike, we have, legitimately, we have a monthly Smash Brothers event. So, and why do they need permission? You know, it's a fair question. I, I don't know if it has to maybe do with scale or, or what, because they haven't had it before. That was that was made clear, right? Um, uh, well, you said twenty twenty one. They were doing it right. Nintendo's decision w- was solely based on our assessment of the proposals submitted and our evaluation of their unlicensed activities. Which means right. that that this was operational without Nintendo's seal of approval. Now, perhaps there's something in the in the oh, you know what? All right, let's think about this. It's software, right? Video game mm-hmm. is software. Software has a user agreement. Maybe the user agreement has something about scale or I, I don't know. I mean, I think like a lot of licensing things, it's really a matter of whether or not you would get caught maybe like true which comes down to scale right so like if you my guess is that if you sent an email to nintendo or called them or like hey i have a tournament that i do that i do in my you know with my friends and i do it in you know in this open space as part of a community they might be like well hey now you need our permission Mm -hmm. but you know, if you didn't ask, they probably wouldn't notice or care because right. it's small, small potatoes. Now, this place, they're calling themselves Smash World Tour. So the very name of it is, I guess, imply, at least implied intellectual property. I mean, the word Smash sure. World Tour is probably not copyrighted, but Smash, and then Smash Brothers. I right. mean, A brand confusion. I guess they, the- they could argue brand confusion. Because it sounds I mean, official. The other thing is, if you're somebody like Smash World Tour, I'm going to guess that you don't have 
a lot of lawyers and a lot of money for lawyers. So potentially maybe the threat of litigation is more than enough because you to don't try and want come into compliance. You don't, you don't want to have to, to fight Nintendo in court. Um, so I guess the threat, they of, are brutal litigators. I'm sure. And I'm also sure that a small company, you know, I don't know how big they are, but I'm sure they're not that big. Um, like a, a small organization cannot afford, I mean, lawyers are very expensive. You would need an army ones. of lawyers, an army of lawyers to fight such a thing. Yeah. I don't know if this is the type of thing that, that like you would get, um, like the electronic frontier foundation or somebody trying to support you with, um, that's interesting. I don't know that it's, I don't know. Like if it's, if it's a major digital rights issue, um, but you know, to, to the something that we t- talked about, to the thing we talked about previously about like licensing, like whether or not you actually have the right to stream your gameplay, like I don't think that that's actually been formally established, right? It's just that most most game uh, publishers have made it clear that they don't want to try and sue streamers, right? Uh, because this is not not good for them. Right, and and people streaming their games is good for them. Right, but they didn't say that they that that's a, an absolute right. They're just right. choosing not to enforce. True, enforce it there. Because Nintendo, because so, Nintendo essentially did try to enforce it, and they tried to enforce it via Twitch, and Twitch complied. And post, right. I think post the Amazon purchase. So Amazon complied. Right. Well, they don't want to, you know, want the lawsuit, I guess. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's probably that they, they don't want the lawsuit. Why did they cancel the, uh, the final event that they were allowed to do? I mean, maybe the sponsors had all pulled out. I mean, uh, either because, because it's now known and not licensed, which is totally possible. Or because uh, Panda Global, which from what I understand, pure speculation, not trying to throw anybody under the bus here, but from what I understand, they are also a ruthless organization and are known for being underhanded. I know very little about them. I'm going based entirely on reports that I've seen online and conversations that have happened around here. Uh, I mean... So yeah, the it, I I feel bad for the folks at the SWT. I mean, the other thing is if they, I don't like the we let them know verbally. Yeah. Um, I if you tell me something's okay verbally, but I don't have it in writing, and you could sue me, or at least on video. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, like I don't know if that. Like if I were trying to avoid litigation, if I would take that as yeah, I would feel comfortable with yeah. that. The the closest I'm doing is you're holding up a newspaper with today's date and uh, <laughs> and you're saying it into a video. That's the only way it's even possible. And then today you could claim uh, deep fake anyway. So no, 
Yeah, it's so if you don't, if you, I say, might oh, want yeah, to take a picture of you signing the thing when you put it in writing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's so. Yeah. If you don't have, if you just, if we just tell you, I mean, because it didn't say that they had their permission. Well, all they said is that we're not going to enforce. We're not going to enforce yeah. our rights. We're not going to sue you for for this. this but this time but you know you never know so it it definitely i can't blame the swt for for canceling under those circumstances yeah. yeah it's it's definitely unfortunate for everybody who has has money out for this event already um it's unfortunate for people who have enjoyed being part of this there are people who do not want to participate in the what do they call it the panda cup I, whatever I weird naming from this other organization uh, and but maybe that's maybe that's a difference right SWT has the word smash in it and Panda never mentioned it in their branding yeah that could be a, a differentiator it may not be that there are these levels where you could you could find everything completely above board or there's these levels of conspiracy theory all underneath and all of them seem plausible. So that makes the story weird and really interesting. Um, my suspicion is that, that Panda at some point is going to say something because their brand has been impugned, uh, throughout this. Um, both by SWT and through um, uh, lots of people on YouTube, for sure. Uh, the brand has been hit pretty hard. Uh, so I imagine they're going to respond to this. And uh, I look forward to that, and I will keep an eye out for it. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop, plus it actively blocks threats like worms, rogues, dialers, trojans, spyware, and a whole lot more. It allows you to use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash Malwarebytes. Speaking of tech safety, um, LastPass had some sort of a incident uh, that was revealed this week. Um, it is the second or third such incident in 2022. It has been quite an active uh, year for them. Uh, in the past, the problems have been uh, surface level, uh, access to uh, technical but not data um, levels of, of the system. Uh, particularly, the last one was access to the source code uh, for the software uh, into their development environment. Uh, this time, however, what became available may have been customer data. Now, LastPass is kind of known for not 
opening up entirely about what's going on. Um, and that seems to be the case here. Um, they're being very vague in their wording on, on what customer data may have been accessed. Um, and in fact, they don't go into any specifics on what might have been accessed. And instead, what we uh, find out is that uh, the incident began in August of this year, 2022, and involves the access of data through a third-party cloud storage service attached to LastPass. Um, so in 2020, they announced that their data storage was going to be exclusive to AWS. So I think we could make the assumption that it was AWS, and they're trying not to put their name out there. Um, because it's certainly not Amazon's fault. Um, that LastPass had data available in some way, shape, or form. Um, my concern, Avram, is that they're not saying what was accessed. Now, that could mean that the data that was accessed is trivial, or it could mean that it's the password, you know, the, the synced password directory. Who knows? What do you think? Do they have a legal responsibility in any way? It's a fair question. It's a fair question. And I don't know the answer to that question. Um, I did some research earlier trying to look up what their, what their responsibility is. I couldn't find a whole lot for here in the U.S. In the EU, obviously, there's all kinds of, of uh, hard and fast rules on, on disclosures. So it's possible that this is one of those, and, and they've worded it wrong, right? That this is one of those situations where they're like, we're still trying to figure out what was touched. And they didn't say those words. Uh, I'm hoping that's what it is. I, I'm hoping that they, they just discovered the thing. It's been going on for a couple of months, and what they're doing now is doing a forensic audit to see what data was touched and what might be vulnerable. That's what I'm hoping, and that they just weren't great about saying it. Yeah, I mean, I, I really hope so, but uh, even there, that's not great because uh, if they don't know what was touched, that still means that it could be you have to assume the worst, Exactly. Uh, so is this another, um, you know, first of all, this isn't the first time this has happened to them. Right. Second of all, should you trust your password manager? I don't know. Right. I have always been to be super, right? I've always been super weary of password managers, personally. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I don't let my phone store anything. First thing I do on my browser is I turn off. You don't even ask me about saving stuff. Because um, I've always been weary of this. And now with the synced password thing, that doesn't seem better than better to me. Even if it is encrypted, the last breach accessed the development environment. They could have the key. Yeah, I don't know what a good, you know, is it better to have something where you have the key that's like local and not cloud, like KeyPass or something like that? 
I don't know. Potentially. You know, if it's not like a universal key, at least that's better, right? If the if the algorithm for generating the key is discovered and there's there's some you know, reverse engineering that can be done on it, then the keys can be discovered. But you know, I encryption is not infallible. It's made by people. <laughs> so it's not infallible. Uh I don't know. I guess I guess we'll find out, but uh if you're on LastPass, uh change your stuff, which could be really annoying because could that be. could be a lot of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um because I know I know it's really popular with with older people who have trouble remembering their passwords and they use LastPass in particular. Uh it's it's really popular for uh for, for them because it'll generate and then hold and and all of that they don't have to worry about anything but then now we get into a situation where on top of it all if if you let it generate the password you may not know it that's not better yeah so it's it's definitely it's definitely a concern obviously if you're using it our our recommendation is update your credentials, make sure, and this is always the case, if two-factor authentication is an option, use it. Um, it's at least it's at least like putting a padlock on your front door. Sure, if you kick hard enough, you can knock it down, uh, but but at least it's one more barrier to, to entry. Um, so... Add two-factor authentication, update your credentials, and uh, hold off on updating that information into LastPass <laughs> until we know. Uh, possibly consider uh, an offline uh, key or a, a private key solution or or something going forward. But definitely update your credentials for anything LastPass because we don't know if they're out there. This week's DRM Not Included in F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. We all know that you get free shipping on millions of products with Amazon Prime, but you get a whole lot more. Like free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games and a free Twitch subscription to support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming, plus a whole lot more. We've got links to all of these features and some of our favorites, plus a 30-day free trial, all by going to f5live.tv slash prime. One set of content that is rumored to be headed to Amazon Prime Video uh, in the upcoming months is the DC back catalog. Uh, DC obviously is under new ownership and new management, uh, particularly DC Studios, um, has two new heads, including James Gunn, who has worked on both Marvel and DC uh, projects. The uh, um, Guardians of the Galaxy over on Marvel is him. The Suicide Squad uh, over on DC is him. And he is kind of 
the Kevin Feige of DC now. The idea is to have somebody up top who understands what's going on and is intended to make the product better, more appealing, and uh, more connected. So, what does that mean? Um, it, it means that uh, James Gunn is looking to switch some things up. Uh, going forward, uh, he wants to take inspiration not from his time uh, at Marvel, but instead from another Disney property, Star Wars. Um, Marvel has done a fantastic job of having a storyline and doing things in it and a, continua a continuum. Phase 4 was... I, I read somebody compared it to, uh, to an anime... Uh, uh, throwaway arc, uh, just like a filler. Uh, but overall, mostly Marvel things connect. There's one universe in which things happen. Uh, but then Sony still has the rights to some of the Marvel properties. Paramount still has the rights to one of them, I think. Um, so if we wanted to include those into the MCU, it requires Sony and or Paramount's permission. Um, obviously we know that Sony gave permission for Spider-Man, uh, to participate in the DCU in this most recent, uh, incarnation, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it'll be that way for everything that they have the rights to. Um, and Spider-Man can exist outside the MCU as well. Um, we know, uh, there was the multiverse, uh, storyline, the, the animated film, and there's another one coming. Uh, so, Spider-Man exists both in and out. As well as um, some of the official stuff kind of exists inside and out. Uh, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., for example, um, on seemingly different days, uh, Marvel has held different positions on whether it is uh, MCU canon or not, um, which has made it fascinating. Um, but that is what uh, James Gunn wants to avoid going forward with the DCU. His intention is to follow the Star Wars uh, policy of if we produce it, it's canon. There are no side quests. There are no, no disconnected things. This is what it is. Um, and that includes movies, TV shows, video games. All of them will exist in the same universe, and all of them will uh, be canon. That's a big job, Avram, especially with the amount of seemingly disconnected things that already exist that they don't necessarily want to uh, throw away. They want to somehow bring together. I, that, that's a pretty big task. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll we'll see. I don't think it's that much different than is going on in Marvel. I mean, there's a couple of things that are sort of Paramount, I believe, sold had distribution rights to some of the movies, and okay. they have now. I think they've now sold those. So it's really only Sony with Spider-Man uh, and Spider-Man characters. Uh, but anyway, most things are. I mean, most things in Marvel are i mean I, there really aren't isn't anything that's not canon there's some question about agents of shield and i guess there's some question about the netflix shows although 
bringing bringing daredevil onto daredevil into the fold yeah um that's uh that's a fi- that's Kingpin. official by the way yeah i know it's i know it's official because he he was uh wait so does it mean that his previous show took place though or yes okay yeah they've they've made from what i understand they've made that one official um and I guess the series is going to continue under a slightly rebranded uh, name in the future. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have it. And then, of course, if you watch She-Hulk, you know he was in She-Hulk. Yeah. Um, and he was, I think he was in something else, too. I think so. I think but anyway, he was he was in She-Hulk quite a bit and with the Daredevil outfit on, too. Um, and uh, Kingpin was in, um, was it the Hawkeye, Hawk, mm-hmm. Hawkeye show? last year so um so they kind of i mean i guess we haven't seen whether like jessica jones and and iron fists uh and luke cage will be uh will count but um although i think certainly daredevil counts i think there's talk about trying to trying to retcon luke cage into the mcu i i seem to remember reading that somewhere yeah, I mean, I, I like the Luke Cage show. I thought it was pretty decent, but yeah. but uh, but as of right now, they don't exist officially. They don't exist within the MCU. They exist within their own. Uh, I mean, separate you separate could... Marvel thing. And then there was the there was the show about the teenagers. Um. Oh, you mean the uh, what do you call that? Um, I watched every episode of it too. Me too. Uh, who it was? Uh, I'm trying to remember the Runaways. Yeah, you took it the Runaways. I think, I think that might be it. Yeah, was that, I don't was... think that should. I don't know. That was called the. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think that so should count. That... And that's and that, that's the point, right? Where there, there's there's lines. There there are lines. They're not necessarily. Uh, firm <laughs> as we've seen with daredevil they're not necessarily firm lines uh they're they're definitely lines close to the tide um but that's that's one of the things that that gun wants to avoid um is is this i mean official is this canon um if they do something I mean, that's not canon i think he, if they decide to do something that's not canon i think they want to They'll make that clear. Um, I think the thing that he's trying to do is to not have the TV shows and the movies be separate, which is a mm-hmm. you know one of the things that was was a complaint um, for for DC. Um, yeah, and it's something that Star Although the Wars TV has shows never were done. all better. What's that? Well, the DC TV shows were a lot better than the movies. Agreed. I mean, hundred percent agree. The quality of the quality of the DC TV shows, even from the CW ones to the to Titans or whatever, it's so much better. I mean, whoever is what they really should do is put Greg Berlanti in charge because he he was the one who did all the t- most of the TV shows, right? Yeah. So, um, the overseer but, of the Arrowverse, which but was, I think was unfortunate. I I understand it was the first. It was the first one, but it was an unfortunate naming convention for it. 
Yeah, but I mean, also, wasn't Titans, even though not really in the same universe, also produced by him? I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, so... Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess we'll see what happens. I mean... Uh, I mean, James Gunn has a really good track record. They True. have someone who actually has some creative ability uh, handling this, so I think that was a good good move on on DC's part. Yeah. Um, good track record. Somebody who's worked on both sides too. Um, the yeah. only person, in fact, to have worked on both sides. Really didn't, uh, well, nobody wants to associate with him now, but didn't Joss Whedon work on both sides? Um, I think, well, uh, there's certainly that. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I think Whedon was involved early on in the MCU. No, well, well Joss Whedon did the Avengers 1 and 2, right? He directed Avengers 1 and 2. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, he that, also which was, which was like, picked up from Snyder. Phase phase one um, or earlier days yes. in yeah yeah that's yeah. true but I don't think he was actively involved oh you know what you know what the stat was he's the only one that has that has worked on both concurrently that's what it was uh yes yes okay because Suicide uh, Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy were happening at the same time he was producing both in fact I think he was well, producing two Guardians of the Galaxies. And Suicide Squad at the same time. Because I think he was doing the Holiday Special and Volume 3 while doing Suicide Squad. Because he went over oh. and did Suicide Squad with DC because he was fired from Marvel after Volume 2. Right. Yes. And then all the actors said, all right, well, then we're not interested either. Oh, I guess we got to get him back. Nah, I'm busy working for DC right now. Uh-oh. <laughs> Well, I'm just waiting for him to make Tromeo and Juliet part two. Um, you just you you know where James Gunn got his start, right? He was uh, making trauma movies, um, including Tromeo and Juliet. Did you have you seen any of those? Nope. Oh man, I used to love their movies so. Like their trauma, I don't know if they still exist. With like the B movie studio. And that's where James Gunn actually got his start. Was doing um, was was doing trauma movies, including Tromeo and Juliet, which is like a really off the wall, crazy, uh, crazy violent comedy. Like, um, but anyway, yeah. So every time I see him, see see his name pop up, I'm like, oh, that's the guy from Tromeo and Juliet. He really made. He really made good, you know, for making really low budget, low budget uh, schlock, which schlock I quite enjoyed too. So no, no, uh, no judgment. But um, it's it's the same. I don't understand. Quite an upgrade is what you're saying. (laughs) Well, and it's probably what he's getting paid at least. Certainly. Um, It's sort of like Peter Jackson, right? Like. I was really shocked when Peter Jackson got to direct all these Lord of the Ring movies because they're like, wait, that's the guy who made Dead Alive, right? Um, again, you have to have seen it, but very low-budget zombie movie. Um, so if you saw Dead Alive you or you saw Meet the Feebles, like his some of his early movies, you would not 
or bad taste, you would not think that this is the person who was going to make like a billion dollar franchise. But goes to show if you cut your teeth doing, uh, you know, the low budget movies, that's where you get to, that's where the talent comes from. James Cameron worked for Roger Corman. So this list, just, just as a note for trauma, this list of people, Carmen Electra, Billy Bob Thornton, Vanna White, Kevin Costner, J.J. Abrams, Samuel L. Jackson, Marissa Tomei. <laughs> I mean, some of them didn't get their start there. They were just kind of, I don't know, slumming it or whatever. But um... uh, th- this list specifically says uh, uh, rising talents before they were before they were known. Oh, OK. okay. But I, I, I Trey uh, Parker I and absolutely... Matt Stone. Oh yes, they did a movie with uh, they did a movie with Trauma. Cannibal I mean, Trauma a musical. With an I don't know. I don't know voice. if they're still around, but but I was a big fan. I watched so many of their movies. They had so many movies back when I was when I was growing up. All the Toxic Avenger movies. If anyone's heard of that, uh, Trauma. Uh, in 2012, um, the company officially released many of its films on YouTube. Dun dun dun! Now I have to wait for my son to be old enough to watch them. Because there's still some rather adult stuff in the movies sure, that I can't sure. get away with. I can't get away with showing him uh, yet. Um, <laughs> I have to have some talks with him about things. Um, but the uh, yeah, but the very... description on uh, on Wikipedia was very clear about the intense sexual nature of some of the stories. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I don't think I could, uh, you know, could could show that uh, show that to him. I mean, never reasonable. Slowly, slowly, we're working him up to, you know. I showed him UHF today. Um, have you seen that? Many times. Yeah, I mean, I love that movie, but you know, not a lot of people have never seen it. So I saw it when it was new. So. Yeah, I've I've seen it many times. I am a a big fan, both of the movie yeah. and of Weird Al in general. <laughs> yes. Uh, note to the audience: you should absolutely see the Roku Channel Weird Al movie. Uh, Scott, I assume you've seen it already. Yep. That was that was really good. One could have a good debate about whether it or UHF is funnier. Um, yeah, kind of yeah. different. But, um, yeah, it's but still very good. But nevertheless, like definitely UHF is more kid friendly. Sure, sure. <laughs> some of the things that uh, that Daniel Radcliffe does in the Weird Al movie are fun. Uh, fun piece of information: Weird Al was allowed to take one. Well, wasn't necessarily allowed. What he said was, "I own one prop from the movie." <laughs> And it's his tombstone, and he put it in his backyard, and did not say anything to his wife, and apparently it took her three and a half weeks to find it. Oh no, he must have a big backyard. Um, that's all I can say about that. I saw him post big... on Facebook the other day about it. It could have been two or three oh. weeks ago at this point, I don't know. but That's hilarious. He posted he like he took a picture. He's like, "This is my backyard, and this is the only prop that I have from the movie." 
And my wife took three and a half weeks to find it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I I wish them luck. I mean, uh, I just hope this doesn't mean canceling more Michael Keaton Batman appearances. It seems to be happening. Because I heard he was also canceled from um, Aquaman 2. Like he was supposed to show up in Aquaman. I heard he was supposed to show up in Aquaman 2. And then they got Ben Affleck instead. The Ben Affleck Batman instead. Because, of course, what people really want is more Ben Affleck Batman and less Michael Keaton Batman. Yes. We're all craving Batfleck. Yes. that's what I mean, I don't know. I know some people don't like it, but I still think like the first Batman, Tim Burton Batman movie was really good. I just showed it to my son the other day. He liked it. I was just like, it was better than I remembered. Mm-hmm. I remember liking it, but then I was like, wow, this movie's actually like Jack Nicholson is a genius. This is a great movie. Yes. Like it it holds up. It, yeah. Yeah. And not everything not everything holds up. And that one definitely does. No, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> like like any of the movies we just talked about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> James Gunn's associate directorial debut. Uh, I don't know. Tromeo and Juliet might still hold up. I'd have to watch yeah. it sometime when my kids aren't around. Well, I'm I'm going to find it on YouTube for sure. I'm going to go down a rabbit hole because of if you. you're going to watch one trauma, if you're going to watch one trauma movie, that's the one to watch. Okay, is Tromeo and Juliet or okay. Toxic start Avenger? With, but I think overall, start with James movie, Gunn Tromeo and, and Juliet. Out. Yeah, I think Tromeo and Juliet, um, Tromeo and Juliet, Toxic Avenger, very well known, still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I mean, a lot of people will like Surf Nazis Must Die, but I don't know about that one. Um, but uh, th- there's, uh, <laughs> anyway, watch watch Tromeo and Juliet. I'm I'm in already for sure. We're good. Oh my goodness. Well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate it. If you didn't and would like to in the future, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us. You can chat with us in the studio um, or uh, fight the spam bots. Uh, Whichever one seems more interesting to you. I've been fighting the spam bots tonight. So... (laughs) Um, if you can't join us live, that is also okay. Plunkitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows. F5 Live, Pilch Point, Plunkets Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And uh, all the ways that you can watch, listen, and follow along. Uh, like we said earlier, it's good to be back. Uh, uh, the holidays are always nice, but, you know, it's always good to be back. Uh, back together, especially now that Black Friday and Cyber Monday are behind us. So, uh, I guess with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. Sorry. I'm Avram. <laughs> and we'll see you back next time. Ciao.